I want to take a moment before we get into the, uh, the Word of God and just uh, and, and tell you all, first of all, again, Happy New Year to everybody. I, um, I want to say thanks for uh, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan, where'd you go? Jonathan uh, Finley for the word that he uh, gave us starting the year. You know what? N- last year, was an, it was just an incredible year. It was um, a, a year of, uh, of challenges and accomplishments, of uh, obstacles and victories. So let's not forget all the great things that God has done, not only in 2016, but previously. That's a reservoir of faith. I don't know about you, but he increased the reservoir of faith that we can draw from in knowing that he is faithful, trustworthy God for all the days ahead. Amen? Amen. One area that was so amazing is, of course, you um, know that one of the major things for for, um, New Covenant Church last year was uh, the building of this building that we're in. Oh, you got to do better than that. Come on now. I'm telling you... um, You'll hear a report here in a couple of weeks from the building team, uh, the finance team met this last week, and, and, and I'm just really, I'm telling you, it's miraculous what God did. I don't want to steal all the thunder there, but it really is miraculous um, what God has, um, has done and how it worked out even, even financially. It's just been, been amazing. Um, and thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Um, last week, you probably, many of you anyhow, received a letter from me talking a little bit about the building fund and uh, thanking you for your giving and reminding you of your year-end gifts, that type of thing. And there was a card in there that looked something like this. How many people have received something like this in the mail? Four people. Great. That's wonderful. Okay. Four. Oh, there we go. Okay. So, and, uh, but I wanted to give just a little bit of an explanation because um, some things when you, how many people know sometimes when you communicate things, uh, people don't always hear what you're communicating. You, we don't always, you know, what we write's not always what's received. So um, I wanted, we're doing a fund, we're calling it a 12 for 12, okay? It's part of our Build the Kingdom campaign. It's a 12 for 12 program. And so what we're asking is we're asking for 120 people to give $12 per week for 12 months. Now, I know when you start getting weeks and months and years and days, and so this was a creative moment that we had that, uh, uh, you, you know, so um, I'm not saying this from the Lord. I'm just saying that, okay, if it needs this much explanation, it may have been more creativity than it was just God, right? But uh, <laughs> so here, we want to clarify, what we're looking for is um, people who will commit to give $12 per week per person, okay? We're looking for 120 people. Um, so we don't want to just see one family say, oh, we'll commit to you know, $50 a month or we'll commit to uh, however much that is per week, the 600 and some dollars that that is. We want, we're looking for individuals. We're looking for high school students. <laughs> high school students and junior high students and in moms and dads and singles and right everybody this is an opportunity for you this what this will do is this 12 for 12 fund it's going to be the money that will go to help um, pay all of the expenses the mortgage the insurance lights everything everything to do with the building and what that will do is that's going to free up more uh, funds for ministry Because as Chris said, we believe the Lord has given us two specific words uh, of direction for this year. And so if either one of these words offends you, um, you have a religious spirit, get over it. So, okay. (laughs) So, um, 
And, and the words, number one, he's already said it, groups, okay? The, the truth of the matter is people are already grouping, right? We, we get together as families. We get together as friends. I heard somebody say today that they're going to go and watch the Cowboy game, right? And uh, then we've had other people. Some people might have watched. Anybody watch the, the bowl last night, the Orange Bowl? Anybody see, right? I make any, we got any new Clemson fans here today? Okay. Yeah. Okay. There we go. We got stuff. They uh, put it to Ohio State, didn't they? So, but we're already grouping. And what we want to do is the vision of the church is to do what? Connect with God, connect with others. Amen? Right? Build community. And in um, groups is just the way that we connect and the way that we build, uh, the way that we build community. So you're going to hear about groups this year. The second thing, and unapologetically, you're going to hear about, is you're going to hear about evangelism and outreach. You're going to hear about evangelism and outreach. You're going to hear about winning your neighbor to Jesus. You're going to hear about winning your lost friends to Jesus. You're going to hear about reaching out to people in your schools and in campuses and in every cashier. You're going to hear about bringing people to Jesus. Amen. I'm telling you, this is um, burning. And if bringing people to Jesus offends you, then you just need to get saved. All right. First of all, so. I'm, I'm just, this, this is, we, we've always had a heart to see people come in, but you know what? It's kind of been like, well, if they swim close enough to the boat, we'll throw them a rope. This, that's not what we're doing now, folks. We're talking about, we're going out and we're going to have focus and we're going to look for people that are lost and we're going to look for people that need Jesus and we're going to look for opportunities to serve people that are hurting and that are in need and we're going to see them come into the kingdom of God. Amen. That's why we're here on earth, folks. Come on. That's why we he we're here. You know what? Sometimes, has anybody ever questioned what's the will of God? Anybody here ever questioned the will of God? Okay. Me and JB. Okay, a couple of us. All right. How many people here have already decided today, no matter what Pastor Sam says, I'm not going to raise my hand? How many people have already? Okay. Thank you. I appreciate your honesty. Thank you. You don't have to raise your hand anymore. You're Okay. So, but, but I, I'm just telling you, the will of God is this. God says, I would that none should perish, but that all should be saved. Amen? So we're going to have a dogged determination of focus to see people saved, to see people come into the kingdom of God, to see people connect with God. Because if they don't, what hope do they have? The scripture says they could gain the whole world and lose their own soul. They would have no profit from that game. I'm telling you, God has placed you on planet earth to impact and to touch people so that they could come to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. How many people received that word today? Say, I'm ready. I'm going to, we're going to reach people for Jesus. We're going to reach people for Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, I am, uh, I'm excited about uh, 2017. I've um, actually been excited about it for a few months now. There's been some things that have been stirring in my, um, in my heart. Um, as we were coming to the conclusion of um, the building process here at the building back in uh, August and September as we were moving in during our transitional times, um, the Lord, we, Chris and I, we started thinking about and planning and praying and talking with the leadership team about, okay, what, what is God saying to us? What's he, where is he wanting to, to take us? How is he wanting to lead and to direct us? And, and, um, and I believe with beyond a shadow of a doubt, the word that he gave us moving into the building about it's your time now. 
I know that that was God's time, God's word for that season, for that time. And, and all of a sudden something started, what, what, what beyond that? What about as we move into 2017? And I began to, to hear this word, these words, this word open heaven. And so Chris and I were, were talking and praying one day and he said, well, what, what's on your heart? And I said, well, open heaven, and, but I'm not sure. And, and I felt some, oh, I don't know how that's going to resonate. And, you know, I just felt some, I'm not sure about it. And uh, so then we talked some more and a couple of weeks go by and, and um, I'd say, no, I don't think we're going to go that direction. But in my heart, it was, it was what was stirring. There, there's something about an open heaven that just kept stirring in my heart, stirring in my spirit. And uh, one day, uh, Kelly and I were uh, in here, and he was showing me some stuff about the sound system and projection and, and stuff. And he started playing this song. <clears throat> and if you haven't heard this song, if you haven't listened to it, um, it's a song called... Um, uh, on earth as in heaven, I think by elevation from the elevation worship. And uh, matter of fact, it was playing earlier this morning. It's, it's probably the song I've listened to more than any other song over the last uh, number of, of months. And, and, and I just kept being drawn, kept being drawn to this idea that God wants to open the heavens over his people. And I really didn't even understand what, what that all, what it, what it meant. And so I began to read and I began to study and, and, <laughs> and it was a little bit humbling. Has anybody ever had this happen where you get an idea and you think that it's an idea that nobody else has ever thought of? Has anybody ever been there? And, and, and it's, like a, it's like a fresh revelation and God's been holding the secrets you know, for the end times and he's releasing it and he's gonna release it through you. And so, man, there's something about open heavens and God wants to release it and, and this song is a confirmation. And so then I began to research and began to study and began to look on the internet and come to find out, man, that um, there's all kinds of stuff about open heavens. You know, I mean, there's, there's books about open heaven. There's articles about open heavens. There's sermons about open heavens. There's, um, there's a conf Bethel Church out in California has a conference called Open Heavens Conference that they've been doing for a few years. And, uh, and so, um, so I just figure out that they need a fresh revelation. So we're gonna inform that, right? <laughs> I thought, well, wow, Lord, what, what, what is this? Is this something? He goes, no, he goes, I'm telling you, this is... Um, this is something that I've been stirring in the body of Christ. It's something that I've been wanting to, um, to do. It, it's something because my people have called out and said, God, we need to hear from heaven. We've made an appeal to heaven. And the God, God said, if my people will call, if they'll ask, if they'll seek, then I will come and I will rend the heavens, not just open a window or a door of heaven to, and not just uh, show a gate of heaven, but I'll, I'll open the heavens and folks, I'm telling you that I believe that God has a word for us, a word for us about how to be a people and what, the, what are the benefits of living in an open heaven, living under an open heaven, living in, in just a direct connection with God. And so I, am, I want us to just set our hearts this morning to receive. I'll tell you this, we're not going to be able to cover everything that this entails. This this has been like eating an oyster. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever eat an oyster? The more you chew it, the bigger it gets. The, so that's kind of um, that's, that's how it's been with this study. It's the, the more you dig, the more it's just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and so I, I'm saying to this, that part of the revelation that you're going to receive, listen to this, part of the revelation that you're going to receive from this series, the ministry that you're going to receive, you're going to have to get. 
Does that, does that make sense? It's not going to just come from the, 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 my study or Chris's study or whoever it's and be presented. It's going to be something where I believe that if you'll, if you'll hear from the Lord and you'll start searching, you'll start applying yourself, you'll, you'll take on the responsibility to do some self-feeding that God will, God will speak to you in some very, very wonderful and, and powerful ways. So I, I know, I appreciate the confirmations, I know that this is a word that God has for us um, as we move um, here in 2000, as we begin 2017, and as we move into a new season of life as New Covenant Church. I don't want to just keep doing the same old, same old. I don't want to just go through the motions. And one of the temptations is to always enter in and settle, enter in and settle. And what God's saying is enter in and stand up and get ready and let's fight and let's win some battles and let's save some souls and let's see some lives changed and some homes transformed and some destinies redeemed. Amen? Amen. So, um, so I just want you, to add, I want you to do this this morning. Um, I'm, I'm very keenly aware today that unless the Holy Spirit speaks, unless the Holy Spirit takes these words today in, in a in, applies them to, to your heart and, and, and helps the words come out in a way with, a, with clarity that, that if it's not received into good soil that, a, that you're going to miss the benefit of what God wants to do. I, um, I got to have lunch with my uh, daughter, Taylor, um, last week. Um, she's the only daughter, so I don't know why I said Taylor, but, uh, but, but Taylor and I had, um, had lunch one day this past week. And, um, one of the things that I, I was talking to her about, um, just about, about the dependence on the Holy Spirit. And I said, and I told her, I said, and, and, and I'm not, this is not being arrogant or braggadocious, but I, I, I'm older than I've ever been, more experienced than I've ever been, more educated than I've ever been. I'm um, more astute. I've had more experience in ministry, um, more capable, more qualified than I've ever been for ministry, but have never felt more dependent on the Holy Spirit than I feel right this very minute. Amen. And folks, I'm telling you that if, if that's something God is continually burning into me, an, an absolute need and dependence for the work of the Spirit of God, for me, I promise it's needed for you as well. So here's what I want you to do this morning as we go into this, this message is I want you to just take a moment and I want you to say, Holy Spirit, as Pastor Sam speaks this morning, would you speak to me? Don't, don't let me just hear his voice. but Let me hear your voice. Can we do that right now? Come on, let's pray. Holy Spirit, we're so honored to be here today as we've made room and we've called out and we've cried and we've said, come Holy Spirit, and we've welcomed you, Jesus. I thank you that without a shadow of a doubt, you have heard and you are here. And we submit ourselves, I submit myself, and, and on behalf of every man, woman, boy, and girl here this morning, I ask God, that by your presence, Holy Spirit, you would speak to the hearts and minds of your people. God, I could give a multitude of words that would never do anything, but one word from you 
can change everything. Holy Spirit, just ask him now, Holy Spirit, let my heart be receptive. Let my mind be alert, God. I take authority over every distracting, every distraction, every thought about yesterday or fret about tomorrow, Lord, so that we can receive exactly what you have for us right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Everybody good? Give somebody a high five. Say, I'm good. I'm ready. All right. I want us to look at three prominent scriptures today in the next uh, 15 minutes. All right. We're going to look at, because listen, let me go ahead and tell you, we're going to have a time of ministry at the end of the service today. We have people who've come with needs today. Needs that there's nobody here that in your own strength and ability can meet. That you can't provide the answer as much as you would want to, as much as I would want to. But can I tell you, there will never be a need that God's not more than equipped to meet. Amen? Amen. So three quick, three quick things I want us to look at. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down, okay? If you're not taking notes, go ahead and write this down. And um, number one, an open heaven is a place of provision for every need in our lives. Um, if you've been around church very long and you hear the word open heaven, then you probably, oh, there he goes. He's going to talk about, you know, if you bring the tithe, Malachi chapter three, you know, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Try me now, says the Lord. It says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive. So let, let's get this out of the way here. Let's get this, um, go ahead and get this exposed there. That, that yes, part of the process of having open heavens in our lives is being faithful in our tithes and in our offerings, all right? I, I'm not going to explain it. I'm just going to say that's how God has established it. And it's always worked in our lives. And the thing that I know is this, that I see, I hear people that, that are faithful in their tithing and giving say, I'm blessed. I hear people who don't tithe and don't give say, well, I can't afford to do it. Which do you want to be? I want to be blessed. Amen? Amen. So look at this. The scripture says here that if I will not pour open the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Now, a couple of things. One is I think we limit the scope of what it means to have an open heaven, an open window of God over our lives. As a matter of fact, if you look, this same, this same phrasing is used in Genesis chapter 7, talking about the flood and Noah. It says this in Genesis chapter 7, verse 11. It says, in the, 600, in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, on that day, the fountains of the deep were opened, and the windows of heaven were opened. Now, when the windows of heaven were opened in Genesis chapter 7, when Noah was on the earth, what happened to the earth? It was flooded. Everybody say flooded. Okay? It was flooded. It wasn't just ankle deep or knee deep or waist deep. It was flooded. The ground was covered, right? The mountains were covered. Everything was covered. So listen, when God says, I'm going to open the windows of heaven and pour out blessing upon you, he's not talking about thimbles full. He's not talking about just enough. He's not talking about just enough to get through or barely make it. He says, I'm going to flood your life with blessings. I'm going to be God who shows himself to be more than enough in you 
so that I'll be able to pour myself through you. See, God's purpose in blessing is always blessing. He wants to bless us so we can be a blessing, amen? So, so number one is again, open heaven is a place of provision for every need. Now, I specifically believe that that includes finances. I know that we don't give, give to get, but can I say this? That if we give in obedience and with right hearts, we cannot not get. Is that proper English? We cannot not get, right? It's impossible, okay? But it's not just about money. Now, I didn't put this scripture in my notes, but write this down. Go back and look, about, look at it later. In Psalm chapter 78, Jonathan, you were so close, Psalm 77. I thought, man, if you just go on over to chapter 78 there. In Psalms chapter 78, the Lord's talking about his people and he said they were sinners and they were doing bad things and they, 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 their hearts were far from me and their practices were, were unrighteous. And then the scripture says, yet, yet, and God says, yet did I, he, uh, did I care for them and yet did I open the heavens and I poured out manna and I poured out quail. And in the scripture, I like how it says, it says, I dropped it right beside their tents. I put it right where they could get hold of it. Every day, God meets our needs. Folks, every day, God says, I want to flood your life, not just with finances, but I want to flood your life with everything you need. Anybody have any needs in your life today? Anybody have any needs for comfort, any needs for strength, any needs for help? God says, I'm going to open the windows of heaven and I'm going to pour out a blessing on you. You remember when we were moving into the building, we went into a time where we were looking at Deuteronomy 28, which talks about all the promises to the children of Israel when they moved into the promised land. And so when Joshua moved the children of Israel into the promised land, he, was, he would say, hey, God, remember what you said back in Deuteronomy 28? And you said you would go before us and you drive out the enemies and you'd always provide for us. Well, one of the things that God said in Deuteronomy 28 verse 12 was this. It said, the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all of the work of your hand. So you shall lend it to many nations, but you shall not borrow. How many people here have ever experienced a time where you've been working really hard but making very little progress? Anybody? Anybody ever been frustrated? Ever feel like you've been spinning your wheels? Man, I'm putting forth all this effort. I'm like the, I'm like the little gerbil on the, on the treadmill and I'm, I'm going at it, but I'm just not getting anywhere. And can I tell you that the Lord says that in the midst of that, I'm gonna come and I'm gonna bless the work of your hands so that it's not about survival, but it's about thriving and it's about prospering and it's about being blessed so that you can be a blessing, Amen. He says, how does he do this? Because I'm going to open the windows of heaven. I'm going to show myself on your behalf. The bottom line of this is that God's not only trying to reveal, he's not only trying to get the idea, uh, he's trying to get provision into our hands. What he wants to burn into our hearts and catch this this morning is that he's trying to get us to have a revelation that he is the provider. If we can stop seeking provision and, and, and we need a little bit of money and we need a little bit of peace and we need a little bit of help and we need a little bit of direction and we need a little bit of hope and, we, and we're running from thing to thing to thing and realize that if we will put that aside and seek the provider, that all provision will come from him, amen?
He's the provider. So he's bringing a revelation of who he is. My question is this today. Is he your provider? Is God your provider? Is he the first place that you look when you have a need in your life? Is he, is he the first place that you turn to when you have a need for finances? How many people, man, a bill shows up and your first response is, man, I got to get another job. Right? I got to work harder. I got I to do something. I got I to tweak the budget. I'm all for budgets. And man, I hope you've got your budget ready. And I hope you've budgeted in your tithes and your offerings and your 12 for 12 and, and retirement savings and all those things. And you're living discipline. You're living faithful with the 90%. Right? I, I pray that you're doing all that. But can I tell you, if your first response when a need comes up in your life is to look to yourself, you will fail. You'll be sadly disappointed. How about when it comes to our health? Where's the first place? I love doctors, okay, thank you. I'm, I'm thankful that God works medical miracles just like uh, supernatural miracles, amen? Anybody ever had God work a medical miracle in your life? Amen, we've seen that. We've seen medical procedures work. If it wasn't for God, none of those would work, amen? But, but where's the first place you turn? Your child gets sick and they've got a, a, a call for an ear infection or something's going on. And the first thing we turn to, I remember, man, I used to want to buy amoxicillin by the five gallon buckets, you know, just like this pump them. Just, let's just hook up an IV and just keep them on, you know, on a drip or something. You know, for, but where's the first place we turn? Is God the provider of healing? Is he the provider of health? Is he, is he the provider? How about this? What about protection? I know we got a few gun lovers in Texas, amen? Anybody in here? We got a few, any gun, how many gun lovers have we got there? There's where all the hands are. Oh, right now we'll raise our hands, okay? Yeah, but let me ask you this. I'm telling you, there's some things that, we, that a gun can't protect us from. Who is your protector? Who is the one who is the defender? Who is the one who is, he's our shield and he's our buckler and he's our fortress and he's our deliverer. Is he the first place that we turn for protection? Is he the first place that we turn for peace? Is he the first place that we turn for wisdom? Okay, okay, hang with me here. I know that Facebook is powerful. And I know if we need an answer to a question about life, all we have to do is just post that question on Facebook and all the answers for life will be revealed to us, right? Right? And you'll, if you ask just the right question, you'll get 4,000 responses and there'll be some for and some against and some to the right and some to the left and some up, down. But can I ask you this? When you need wisdom when you need insight, when you need revelation, when you need direction in your life, is God the first place that you turn to? Is he your provider? Are we living, are we living in the revelation, in the revelation that, that God is our provider? Are we seeking him first? Number two, an open heaven is about the promises and the presence of God. Genesis chapter 28 is one of the greatest Old Testament stories about an open heaven. And we see here that the Jacob, okay, Jacob is, um, he's running from a very difficult situation. Well, let, let's read the scripture. Genesis chapter 28, verse 12, it says, Then he dreamed, Jacob dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven, and there were angels of God were ascending and descending on it. 
So Jacob has this bad family experience. He's running from his family. He's running from God. He's getting out of town. He's leaving all the stuff behind. He's, a, he's one of those people that thinks, if I change my environment, my life will change. How many people have ever known that thought, well, man, if I could just have a new job, a new wife, a new car, a new where, you know, new church, whatever, then everything will be different. Only problem is where we go, we take us with us, don't we? Anybody ever found that to be true? Yes. And so Jacob's having this difficult situation, but it says that he comes to this place that he calls Bethel, this place where it, he calls it the house of God. And there he lays down, and the only thing he has, according as I understand scripture, he has his staff with him. And so he lays down, he gets a rock, he puts his head on the rock, he goes to sleep, and God begins to open the heavens and God begins to explain to him that, Jacob, I've got some promises that have been decreed before you were born about your life, and I'm, you're, you're running from me is not going to keep those promises from being fulfilled in your life. Listen, let me say this to you. No matter where you're at today, maybe you've been running from God. Maybe you've had some difficult family situations. Maybe you've had some painful experiences. Maybe you've been caught up. Jacob was a deceiver. He was a liar. He was a trickster. He stole his brother's birthright. He wasn't a great person. But you know what God says? I'm going to provide. I'm going to show myself faithful to Jacob. And he opens the heavens and he's carrying their stuff being carried up into heaven and their stuff being brought down. And, and listen to what happens here. Look at verse 13. It says, And behold, the Lord stood above it, and he said, I am the Lord God of your father Abraham, the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie I will give to you and to your descendants. Now remember, this is the land that he's leaving. He, he's running from. Okay? And he goes on, he says, Also your descendants shall be the dust of the earth. He's a single man at this time. He doesn't have any way to even get descendants. And God's saying, this land that you're on, that you're leaving, all I'm going to make your descendants as numerous as the sand, right, as the dust of the earth. He said, you're going to spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. What are you talking about? How can that take place? What do you mean I'm going to be a blessing to people? I can't even, I'm hardly having a hard time surviving right now. What do you mean I'm going to minister to others? I'm hurt and wounded and, and, and I've given up on being able to be a minister, or being able to fulfill the call of God on my life. There's no hope. Everything's hopeless. And I'm telling you this, that your situation doesn't determine whether things are hopeless or not. God determines, Amen. And God says, I'm a God who's going to fulfill my promises. And listen to how he says, he, how he does it. He says, behold, I am with you and I will keep you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken. Until I've done what I've spoken. Get this this morning, folks. Get this, God's made some promises over your life. There've been some things that seem like they've been delayed, maybe they've been deterred, but God's promises are yea and amen. The giftings and calling of God, hey, they have an endless warranty on them. They are without repentance, amen? I'm telling you that by his presence, and this is what an open heaven's all about, walking in his presence and moving and living and having our being in his presence, part of an open heaven, is remembering that God, God's presence is with us and God will fulfill his promises. 
I like this, Jacob, <laughs> verse 16, Jacob wakes up from his sleep and he says, surely the Lord is in this place, <laughs> And then he goes on, he says, and I did not know it. Can I tell you this morning that maybe there's some people here that God's here and he's speaking to you and he's reaching out to you and he's wanting to, to build some hope in you and he's wanting to get you to get your eyes off your circumstances and back on his promise and, and stop trusting in your own strength and in your own ability and the people around you and all the, the counselors and the wise people and turn to the Lord and say, God, I'm gonna be dependent on your presence. I'm gonna live in your presence. I'm gonna move in your presence. I'm gonna trust your presence. I'm, it's, my life's gonna be all about you filling me with your presence and so I can accomplish your promises. So I can see your promises accomplished in my life. Amen? And that's the third thing. An open heaven is about the purpose and the plans of God. It's about the purpose and the plans of God. Mark chapter one, Matthew chapter three, Luke chapter three, John chapter one, all talk about a special occurrence that took place in the life of Jesus Christ. Okay? Everybody draw in. Our kids came in. I asked them to come in. I changed things up here. I apologize, but stay with me here. <coughs> Excuse me. Jesus, John the Baptist is out. He's baptizing. He's telling people to repent, repent, repent. How many people know that repentance is a great word? It's a great thing that we get to repent of our sins, to turn from our sins, from and to turn to righteousness. So John's out preaching, uh, repent from your sins, and here comes Jesus walking up. And, and, and let's read this in, Matthew, in Mark chapter one. It says this, and it came to pass that in these days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, Jesus saw the heavens parting and the spirit descending upon him Okay, like a dove, some, trans, or some of the other renderings in, in Matthew and John talk about this, in bodily form, saw the Holy Spirit coming upon him. And the, then a voice came from heaven and said, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Let me ask you a question. <clears throat> At that point in time, what works of ministry had Jesus done? Zero, everybody say zero. He had done nothing, nothing. You know why he was, the father was pleased with him? The father was pleased with him because he had submitted to his plan and to his purposes. The father was pleased with him because he said, instead of my comfort, instead of my convenience, God, I'll fulfill your will. Your will, God, be done in my life on earth for your glory. I'll, I'll submit my life to your plans, Lord, your plans of of taking on human form. I'll submit my life to your plans of coming and being baptized for the remissions of sin when I didn't have any sin. I'll, I'll, I'll follow you in obedience. My heart is to please you, God. My heart is to align with you, God. My heart is to accomplish your plans and fulfill your purposes for my life. And so when he does this and he submits himself and he obeys God and he goes and he's baptized. Do you know what happens? The heavens open up and God speaks. He sends his Holy Spirit to fill Jesus, to, to prepare him for the works of ministry, to prepare him for the plans, to prepare him for the purposes that God created him for. Not created him for, well, created him as a man on earth but that God, for God, that God had for him. So his alignment of heart and his willingness to obey 
brought about a declaration of the Father that I am well pleased. Let's wrap things up. You ready? So Jesus, out of his heart for love for the Father and for his... And for us, submitted his heart and his life to God's plans and purposes. He chose obedience and nearness to God over convenience, reputational, personal preference. Living in an open heaven and all of the benefits in our lives is connected with having a humble and a hungry heart. Are you hungry today? Anybody? We've come through a a season. How many people had maybe... over eight just a little bit between Thanksgiving and now. Anybody? Okay, we've got a couple of people raising both hands here. Just there's forgiveness is available. Right? Um, Jesus was hungry to do the will of the Father. I, um, I can remember one time, actually a number of times, a couple of different times. How many people ever ate so much and you could hardly move and then as you got to the end of the day, you, you, you really didn't need any food, but you wanted something. Did, did anybody ever just ever find themselves maybe at the pantry or at the refrigerator? And then maybe somebody said, what are you doing? You go, I don't know. I want something, but I don't know what I want. Did anybody ever say, make, use those words? I want something, but I don't know. I don't know about you, but in those times, no matter what I ate during that time, it wasn't satisfying. It wasn't really what I wanted. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It wasn't what I wanted because I didn't need it. But then there was a couple of times during the season, one particular time, I can remember driving home and thinking, man, you know what I would like? You know what I really, really like? Don't judge me. Don't judge, all right? Tell them we said hi. There was calling there, but, but... Hey, you know what? I can remember driving along and thinking, I would love a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Hey, peanut butter and jelly people here with me. Come on, raise your hands. Woo! There's a special place in heaven for peanut butter and jelly. Yeah! Right? I can remember thinking, man, peanut butter and jelly. Y'all know how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I've shared this before, right? There's only one right way to do it. You put peanut butter on both sides of the bread, right? But both, both right, right? Jelly, right? Okay. Don't, don't be a one-sider now. I'm telling you, you got, if you're going to go, go all the way, right? Man, I can remember getting that peanut butter and out and getting that jelly out. And I don't know how we ended up having jelly in the house. Maybe it was because a few days earlier when I'd gone to the store, I picked it up and brought it home and I knew that this desire was going to come. Man, I made that peanut butter and jelly sandwich, got a little bit of cold milk, and, and, and there's a right way to eat this sandwich too, and I bit into a corner, right? You bite the corner and then lick the edge, amen? Catch the jelly before it spills, all right? Things you learn. Now, the problem with this whole message, Chris, is they're going to go home and go, man, pastor taught us how to eat peanut butter and jelly today. He didn't say anything else, but he told us about how to eat peanut butter. The whole, the whole key is this. Where there's a lack of hunger, there's going to be a lack of perception. If you really are not hungry for something, you're probably not going to find it. If you don't know what you want, you probably won't get it. But if you hunger for something, look at me, church. If you hunger for something, if you're driven to say, man, that's what I want. I I want that 
I want that peanut butter and jelly, or I, or I want that, I want a fresh connection with God, or, or I want an open heaven over my life so that God, no longer do I walk in my own strength or trust my own ability or put any trust in men, but God, day by day and moment by moment, I'm walking and I'm living and I'm moving by your spirit, oh God. If you hunger for it, you can have it. If you really want it, you can have it. But if if Jesus, let me say this, if Jesus is optional, you'll never experience an open heaven. If you can make it on your own, if you can do it on your own, if you can can get by on your own. Folks, I'm telling you this, for what God has called us to and what God has intended to do in our lives and through our lives and the the way that he wants to bless us individually, the way he wants to minister through New Covenant Church to reach souls and to change this community and make an impact in the world in which we live. We can't do it in our own. It must be. It must be by the Spirit of Almighty God. God, I'm so hungry for you today. Oh, God, I want an open heaven over my life, over my family, my marriage, my children, my grandchildren, over my brothers and sisters. Oh, God, God, today we call out to you. And God, if I can just be honest with you today, God, I don't want just a window open. And I don't want just a door open. But I want you to rend the heavens. I want you to rip them open. That your presence in full would flood our lives. That it would bring what we need today. The need for healing. The need for comfort the need for strength, the need for assurance, the need for a reminder that your promises are true. Is there anybody else that's hungry for that today? Anybody else that's hungry? Here's what I want to ask you to do this morning. Jesus humbled himself and he obeyed. He did what wasn't, he didn't need to do and did what really wasn't comfortable but he did it as a sign, as a symbol that he wanted God's will and God's way in all things would you stand this morning